So I'm going to put a, uh, a phrase on the um, screen that you may be familiar with and just, uh, just complete it as I read it. Families that pray, pray, but okay, the energy in the room is just really <laughs> down. No, families that pray together stay together, right? That's the general thought process. Uh, today, I, I want to just add, right? That's a great statement. There's nothing wrong with that statement. But I want to add for us uh, another statement. And that is that families that play together stay together. Now, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and PD walks by, and he's like, aloha. I'm like, yeah, I know, I get it. Um, this, was, uh, this was one of our more playful things that our family did. Took a, took a, a, you know, a, a big bucket list trip and got the wife on the plane, which has been you know, a miracle. We didn't have to sedate her or anything. She got on there, and, and uh, man, we went to Madison, Wisconsin. We had just the greatest time that we... Okay, all right. Families that play together stay together. God desires for us to, to know that he takes pleasure in us, and he also wants us to take pleasure in his things. He desires for us to laugh. He loves it when we laugh. I think sometimes, we, you know, Christianity or religion gets a bad rap because we're like, you know, we're just all, you know, stoic or something. No, the laughter. You know, when we allow ourselves to, to laugh and to take pleasure in him and anticipate what he's going to do, that helps us with yearning. And so families that play together stay together. Families that play together and learn to, to play. Sometimes we have to relearn to play as adults, but as we play and, and learn, I think our families will be stronger and stronger. Some of your Facebook pages, I won't name any of the, the guilty, but man, you'd crack me up in some of your family stuff. I mean, it's, it's great. See, it's, it's, it's like, I don't even know if I should be posting this, right? Have you ever done that in your Christian walk? Like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be posting this, but this is hilarious. And so you got to make those, you know, you got to, you got to that at times. But man, when it comes to the families, there is just something that is so profoundly funny, you know? Play. Pleasure in God. Pleasure in the ways of God. Ecclesiastes is sort of a book that is philosophical. If you've ever asked a question, if you've ever had, you know, if you remember philosophy class, if you ever felt nihilistic about the world, or if you had questions about the world and you wanted answers, Solomon asked God, he said, listen, can, can I just have some wisdom? And God just poured himself into Solomon. And so some of the very scriptures that we read uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, some of the book of wisdoms in the Apocryphal books. These are all attributed to, to the man who prayed for wisdom. He says this about life. He says, I commend the enjoyment of life. I commend the enjoyment of life. Another translation says it this way. People ought to enjoy every day of their lives, no matter how long they live. The truth of the matter is we don't know how long we have or we have lots of assumptions because of our youth or our, our health. But Solomon's saying, listen, enjoy everything that God has given you. Take pleasure in his creation. Take pleasure in that which he has created for us. Some of us have had the opportunity to take certain trips and so forth. Hawaii was one for us that was, that was a huge 
But you know, when I was sitting there, the, the, I've been on beaches before, and no offense to Hawaii, but you know what was most about, it was the playfulness and the pleasure of my family, being together. Locations can matter, but you know, I'm from Missouri, man. The, 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 the pleasure there is, is humidity and mosquitoes. But I've had plenty of family outings to where you got the, and down in your, you know, your ankles and you, you just got bites. But yet, what do you remember? You took pleasure in being. God desires for that which he created to be good. Now, we know that the theology of the fall just ruined our mindset. But the creation that he, that he gave to us is something that he took pleasure in making. He took pleasure in us. Sometimes I think we can get so battered in our faith or questioning or the deep things or the chaos of this life, especially in the adult world, that we forget the fact that God really truly wants us to take pleasure and to enjoy that, enjoy ourselves, enjoy the play. You know, when, when little ones play, right? They have recess. All the studies, all the data says that little ones learn and interact in those playtimes. Recess is, is sociology, right? In movement. How do we, it's in vitally important. I think they still need to sort of do it in middle school because, you know, poor middle schoolers, they're supposed to just now, you know, they, they were trained to stand in line and don't touch the girl's hair in front of you. Stand in line, then they get to middle school and it's just, boom, and there's really no recess. Oh, there may be P.E., I think you get what I'm saying. We, we have to take those times to, to play. It actually helps us develop. Today, I would say to you that the thesis is that if we don't play, we're really, we better question our connection with God because he desires to take pleasure in what, in his ways. Laugh. Laugh in the wonder of God. Oh, we laugh in so many different ways, the wonders of of what he does, watching little ones grow, watching our older ones play. All of these things that we observe in this life is the wonder of God. But there's also the wonder of God where we wonder. We, we wonder what's going to happen. What is it? And those times are the greatest challenge for us to then laugh. Sometimes in our laughter, we, we realize that it's just, it's, it's like in nanoseconds from morning. He says this in Ecclesiastes 3, 4, uh, the birds, for those of you that are old enough to remember the birds, they didn't write this. This was Solomon. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. For most of us that have lived enough life, it's amazing how you can be at family reunion, you can just be around the table, you can just be with family, and that collective energy is, is, is laughter, and it can even be mourning. And it, few weeks I get a chance to see my mom and um, was invited to, to, to do a wedding and so I'm doing a wedding but it's it's always a great way to to also see mom and I just know our family you know your family you know how you work the laughter is gonna our laughter in our family always starts around the table or or in my my sister's house and we start picking on grandma that doesn't sound so much fun but it we're not doing it at her expense, but there's just, my mom is just hilarious, 
and she pouts appropriately, and she just leans into it, and we start, and we reminisce, and there's no doubt that when we reminisce, we can't help but all of a sudden shed a tear because our dad's not there, and yet we'll go right back to laughing, right back to telling the stories. You see, that's the beauty. If, if, if you get stuck in your Bible study, you know what, you know, it doesn't seem relevant or it does think of it as God's pleasurable way to bring laughter, to bring this, this understanding of, of his people, the stories. If they were to sit around their table, they would tell these very stories that now are the, 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 the structure of our faith, the way the Holy Spirit has worked through these families. You see, the strength of their families were probably the things that are the strength of our families. How many times have, you know, I'll never forget. Now, my mother-in-law says that she, she, she knew it. She didn't know it. If Jewel listens on the internet, you didn't know it, Mom, right? But my brother-in-law had this most elaborate story of how he wrecked the car. Now, he wrecked the car because he was on slick road in, in, in the country, and he was acting goofy, and he just went, instead of the curve, the cur- he ran out of curve, he went straight ahead. But he had this elaborate story about a deer, and a this, and this, and this, and you had deers there, I get that. But we all knew, Pat, we all knew, we all knew he was fibbing. Well, it took, it took about 10, 15 years, we're all sitting around a table, and someone brings up the big accident with the Subaru, I think it was me. I called him on it. And he's like, yeah, me and Steve were going too fast and blah, blah. And in nanoseconds, Jewel, my, my mother-in-law goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that it was happening. Sometimes the very things that we laugh at at the family table came through a lot of pain, came through a lot of stuff. And God desires for us to not make, not make fun of it or not where it's, it's not serious, but it's amazing how our hearts come through these pain factors and then we're able to laugh. One of the most notable laughing passages of Scripture, stories in Scripture, you may be familiar with, Genesis 17, 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? This beautiful picture of Abraham being promised by God to, that, that his seed would just would fill the earth and his earth would be, the earth would be blessed with no children. Oh, now he, he, he kind of worked on his own and he kind of just jumped ahead of the, jumped the gun of things. But he actually laughed. How in the world could... Could this happen? You see, the beauty of our faith is that, that, that faith, oh, it can be seemingly laughable, especially to those that, that don't get it. But just as soon as we are waiting and waiting, Abraham waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and it just, the, the whole idea, the whole promise, the whole faith, the whole relationship, everything became laughable. And there are times in my faith where I've prayed for your families, I've prayed for situations, and you just go, okay, they need a breakthrough. There are times that I've prayed in my own life, oh my goodness, 
Can you just do it? And there are those times when you just get, your faith just gets to that edge to where you're on that edge of just going, you know, I believe in you, but this is, this is getting laughable. You see, Abram, who became Abraham, name changed by God, he, he was waiting and his wife was waiting. And in their old age, God did truly something laughable. To where Abraham and Sarah, they even laughed. Sarah's laughing, which we'll look at here in a moment, her laughing was even about her heart, and God knew it. You see, the, the, the families that play together, they grow stronger because in really giving themselves an, an opportunity to, to laugh at the wonder of God, it's not losing that life of faith when, when things are down or when things don't seem to be coming through or the answers are not coming. It's easy for us to say, oh, one day we'll laugh about this, and I'm sure most of us have said that. Oh, one day we'll laugh about this. But when you are waiting, and you're waiting in your faith, God is bringing us through. You may be waiting right now in a situation. He desires for you to know that, that He wants you to understand His wonder. He's wanting you to stretch. He's desiring for you, but He hasn't forgotten you. Oh yes, there's always the learning of what we're praying for and what our desire is versus his and so forth. All of those lessons. But he also desires for us to be surprised by what he is doing. See, he desires for us to, as, as Solomon said in Proverbs, he says, not only a time to weep, but he says, a feast is made for laughter. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. He desires for us to have that a part of the family table, just as much as the laughter. When there is an elephant in the room, he desires for us to communicate about it and talk about it. One of the Pamela's favorite things to do, she lights up, and she doesn't laugh. I, I, I think she laughs stronger when she just has a house full of kids. Whatever kid's turn it is and their friends are over or if all they're over and she's made a pot, I mean, she may just come up with scraps on the table or she may have a pre-made meal. She is in her element in this feast around a table. You see, it's those times that we really can understand this balance between the laughter and the pain. We can speak and talk and share and while we're laughing, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing how the middle schooler or the high schooler or even the dad in the midst of a feast might just trust the group enough to share something deeper? See, that's God's intention. I think, and I am, I am with you on this, I think sometimes our lives are so busy and we, 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 even, we can even get a check mark, a plus beyond all other generations that we're giving our kids every opportunity and we're, we're going to maximize their potential and they're going to hit their goals and they're going to do all that. And yet, we are so filled that laughter can be missing. He desires for us at the table to know and understand the laughter. He wants us to throw a feast. He wants us to gather around, but he also desires for us to know that, that he is bringing us through. He desires for us, the A in play is to anticipate. Anticipate his very will. 
probably the number one question in the years of ministry is, I'm still trying to figure out God's will for my life. And sometimes we can be wondering what God is doing that we lose the power of the anticipation. You see, Abraham and Sarah, they, they lost the anticipation. As a matter of fact, in Genesis, it says, So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out, my Lord is old. Shall I have, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abram, <clears throat> Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The, the great question is, does, did God need an answer from Abraham? No, he didn't need an answer from Abraham. But when God asks us a question, which we fully know he already knows the answer, he's taking us and he's taking them. He's taking us deeper in our faith. You see, the Hebrew writer says it this way, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You see, faith is that which we anticipate. God desires for us to constantly in our play, in this life, to anticipate what he's doing, anticipate what he desires for us. He anticipates that we're going to continue to be fashioned in the likeness of his son. He knows and understands that sin can get in the way, but he anticipates that we're going to seek that level of forgiveness so that he can continue to clear a path that we've kind of made crooked. You see, he desires for us to anticipate these things. And then he says in Genesis 18, he says, At the appointed time I will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. And then it says, but Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. You see, God knows and understands our heart. He knows this stretch. He knows, he desires for us to continue to anticipate. You see, when you've had a conversation with someone who really, really walks in faith and even has the spiritual gift of faith, they're the ones that can sort of almost seem like pie in the sky by and by because what their response will be is something faith-filling to say, you know, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but what I anticipate is what God is doing in your walk, what God is already doing, and I have the faith in him to continue to pray for you and partner with you. You see, he desires for our families to strengthen in an anticipation You've all, all of you that have had children, uh, and even though that you don't have children, you've been around kids, kids have a tendency to ask some of the most vibrant, important, relevant questions that we cannot answer. And in that, what did Jesus do? He, the children were around, they would, they would try to get them scattered. He says, don't, t- stop, don't stop the kids from coming to me. And then he says, for us to have faith like a child. The anticipation of of Christmas, the anticipation of receiving gifts, the anticipation of of a child. If you whisper to your child today, hey, we're going to go to such and such, where's their mindset? Their mindset's exactly on the promise. You see, that's what God wants for us. He wants our play to constantly anticipate what he's going to do and what he's doing. And he desires for us continually put our faith in that. Faith seems laughable. It really does. Having faith in something, in a situation, 
You may be here today and you've, you've yet to really give your, give your life over to God through a relationship with Christ. You still may have those, those, those internal messagings that says, you know, this, this whole Christian thing, this whole faith thing is pretty laughable. I mean, seriously, like today, the preacher was talking about Abraham and Sarah having a child when they're old. Who believes that crap? Well, there are a bunch of us that believe it. And we are sustained in our faith of continually anticipating that he is true. And there are many of us that sit around tables and we laugh now that that which our faith, we needed to really wrestle and be proven. You see, you may still question all that. And I would just say that I hope that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit's calling in your life. That if you are truly convicted of your sin, if you truly feel a level of guilt or shame, it's it's, it's, it's that which God is desiring to say, listen, I know you see faith as laughable. But see, I will tell you that that which you possibly laugh at is what I make possible. I make impossible things possible. Oh, I don't know if I ever have a mate. I don't know if I ever have children. You know, all of these things, right? And we can't fix, none of us can fix that. But what we can do is stir and spur each other on to anticipation. You know, as our kids get older, they get their own faith. Some of us got it, some of you got it easy right now, man. They, they listen to you. They believe in Jesus. Jesus is everything. And then again, that middle school, that abstract thought comes and they start asking questions and then they start getting their own opinions. And I'll tell you, for us in parenting, pre-adults and adults, it's really just saying, listen, we still believe. We still hold strong. And we anticipate that which we cannot predict right now, that which might be painful, we anticipate that God's going to make a breakthrough. And just like anything, you have those times and the kids go, wow, God did really do something there. Yeah. But it wasn't without. It's testing. It's questioning. Anticipation. Faith turns to laughter after having taken God for his promises. And then the last is yearning. The grateful, playful thing is taking pleasure and laughing and anticipating, and then that builds a beautiful yearning for God. No matter what happens, no matter what questions, he desires for us in our play to yearn for his, to his way and his will and his word, all the things that can grow us in the faith is for us to walk with him. Not just be a casual idea, but in the playfulness of this life that we walk with God, not separating ourselves. It says this, So I recommended having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. You see, Solomon was saying early in this book that everything is meaningless. He got to that place. Obviously, he believed in God. God had blessed him, but he got to a place where he was saying it was all meaningless. But yet, as he was getting that thought out, what you see, this beautiful thread in Ecclesiastes, is that he comes back to the center of a heart yearning for God. When life doesn't make sense and all these hours we're putting in doesn't make sense and all of this stuff... 
what does he say? God takes pleasure in us and he desires for us to continue to play and experience the happiness along with this walk with him. The psalmist puts it this way. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, I wonder if, if those of us that might be a little burdened today, that the Holy Spirit really has been communicating with us for, 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 a, for a time to make time to walk with him. Maybe our walk has just gotten so busy that, that we don't really even realize he's at our right hand and that he's promised to never leave us nor face, forsake us, but yet he desires for us to continually yearn for him. And in that yearning, he's always going to turn us right back to the things that we love. He's not going to ask us to yearn for something that's different than what he's already blessed. So we work our tail ends off to provide for our families. We do all of these things. And then the little moments of laughter, the little moments of those faith-growing opportunities, and even the big ones, are ways of saying we're yearning for him. Taking pleasure in the ways of God, laughing in the wonder of God, anticipating the will of God, and yearning in our walk with God. Strong families, they play. God, thank you for this time and your word, reflection of Solomon and the great story of faith and Genesis with Abraham and Sarah. God, we uh, are a blessed people. We're a people of hope. We are certainly people that are filled with your spirit and you continue to grow us. Father, may we continue to play, enjoy our families, enjoy the seasons, enjoy each transition, and in it, give Jesus all the praise. Let's do his name.